Hey, what's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Kiki and with Coco. If you are new to the show, welcome. Let me tell you just a little bit about it. Basically, we talk about life in general with an emphasis on relationships, and I have my friends or guests or family come on the show, and we just kiki about whatever the topic of the day is. And so um, today I have with me Lester. Lester, you want to go ahead and say what's up and just introduce yourself? Yeah, I appreciate you having me on and extending the invitation for me. Um, So Lester Richmond, I'm the Great Goose Ambassador here in Chicago. Um, Also uh, Territory Sales Manager for Invisalign. And uh, yeah, I'm just an avid fan of being able to just come on and be able to kind of talk through things and give people some advice and hopefully it helps out. So I invited Lester on the show. So Lester and I actually went to high school with each other. And a lot of people that I went to high school with, they are doing awesome and amazing things. And so I saw that he was doing um, like an Ask Lester type uh, deal on Instagram. And it's basically like people just (laughs) ask him for advice whether it's relationships or life. And so I was like, oh, I think he would be a good fit for the show. So that's why he is here. And with him being a Grey Goose ambassador, the Drink With Coco this week was his recommendation. And so Lester, you want to go ahead and just tell us about this drink? Yeah, no problem. And then I guess I did forget to mention that. So yeah, the show was called Dr. Loveless. Um, and it, but the thing is, is, anybody that listens to it, you always want to get the raw truth, and it's going to be unbiased. It's not going to lean one side or the other between men and women. So just know you got to be ready for that that raw advice and that raw truth. Um, yeah, the drink that we feature is the Honey Deuce, which is a, a great cocktail. Uh, it's actually the official cocktail for the U.S. Open, the Tennis U.S. Open. Uh, we've been doing it the last few years, so we we're blessed again to be a, a major sponsor and for them to be, feature this drink this year. So. Uh, what it is, is Regus Original, uh, Lemonade, and Chambord. That's it. It's a real simple cocktail. Uh, you only need three ingredients, ice if you want to include that, and uh, kind of make it your way. It has a, a nice little hint of raspberry. It's real subtle, but it's got enough uh, strength to it. That way you're not just drinking juice. Yeah, it's so I'm drinking it right now. And as you guys know, I pretty much drink all the drink with Cocos while I'm recording. And um, it's pretty good. I like it. Like you said, it's not too strong, but you definitely get a kick to it. And so I actually was not able to get the Chambord over here. And so um, I ended up using like a Blackberry Current instead. Okay, nice little twist to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's still really good. So once I get my hands on some Chambord, I'll definitely be trying it with that too. Nope. Yeah, you should. I'd be curious. So with you having a cocktail on the show um, every time, do you have a favorite spirit by any chance? Is it more vodka? Is it more cognac, tequila? But I'm actually more of a cognac drinker, Hennessy, preferably, (laughs) you know, if I'm trying to be a tad, a little razzle-dazzle, you know, a little douce. But uh, yeah, cognac is actually my preferred drink. Used to be my first love, too. So I, I feel you on that. Yeah, it's kind of like once I found it, I was just like, I finally found what worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> that True. You got to stick to it. You got to make sure you uh, can drink something that's going to keep you in control. You don't go, go outside of your body. So I feel it. 
Exactly. Like before I start drinking uh, dark, of course I'm drinking light. Like everybody is like, oh, we drinking vodka, we eat, we drinking tequila. And tequila, if it's not in a margarita, like tequila mm-hmm. shots, it's going to be a bad night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the same way, it, you know. I only drink tequila when I'm in Mexico, or like you said, a margarita. Other than that, it turns me into something else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somebody is gonna be having to take care of me at the end of the night, and you know, I try and limit those moments. <laughs> That's, smart. That's a good approach. <laughs> <laughs> but so that is the drink with cocoa this week. So you guys go ahead and try it out. If you do, you know, take a picture, hashtag drink with cocoa on Instagram. So I can see that y'all out there drinking these drinks. Um, and so now- I'll be curious what the feedback is too. So um, feel free uh, if you guys got any tips or just some feedback about the cocktail. It's just at bald ass less. You can't mess it up. <laughs> uh, just to give me some feedback. I'm always curious what consumers are thinking about it. Okay, so y'all heard it, you know, give us some feedback on it. And we are going to go ahead and move over into the word on the street. So word on the street, I think everybody is familiar with the Meg Thee Stallion, Tory Lane situation. And Mm -hmm. of course, everybody was like, hush, hush about what happened that night. But everybody knew Megan got shot. And people were making their own conclusions, like it had to be Tory, blah, blah, blah. So Meg finally came out and said, yeah, Tory Lane shot me. And of course, he still didn't come out and say anything. Now this past week, I guess because he was dropping his album and basically from the sounds of it, I haven't listened to the album because I refuse to give him the streams. I have deleted him from my you mm. know, cloud. But um, he has made this album pretty much about his situ- his whole situation with Meg, their secret relationship, um, the mm-hmm. night in question. And he's saying it didn't happen like that. But to me, you're not taking responsibility for what you did because you haven't said what happened. You're just saying right. it didn't happen like that. But it leads me to believe like, yes, you did shoot her. Facts. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, if you wait this long to address the issue, I mean, if somebody, if somebody said I shot them, you know, my name is on the line, of course, I'm going to speak up about it. I don't have to give them all the details. I'm just going to say, you know, that's not what happened. But he chose to be quiet the whole time and then come out with this album after, you know, you know, where's it been about a month or so, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. And now he's trying to make some bread off of it, you know, so it kind of looks like a shady deal. He, and I, for people that didn't believe that Megan Stallion got shot, I mean, that's just it's stupid. You should automatically believe her and then give her the opportunity or give him the opportunity to make to show that it ain't it ain't what it is, which he didn't do. Right. So it was a real shady thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I like I just wish I could have been in this space just to see what happened for my own self. Um, right. Because it, you know, it's always conflicting things or whatever but it's one of those things like why would she lie about him shooting her like she she ain't got nothing to lose nor gain from exactly saying that you shot her i agree and i and i would rather i will always err on the side err on the side that she's telling the truth when it comes down to being shot you know I, it's, it's hard to make that up yeah and i mean she showed the wounds 
So I'm just, I, I really don't even know how people are, you know, still defending uh, Tori in that, in, that, in that point. So, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. this is wild to me. Yeah. And it's just like, reg- I just feel like what it comes down to is, yes, she was shot and she was shot by him. And anybody is just that is just like, oh, I'm on his side, whatever, whatever. No, we don't know the circumstances under which the situation happened. But under no circumstance, is it OK that you shoot anybody, especially if they exactly <laughs> right facts, you know, and it's just to me, it was a situation where he just he probably got his feelings hurt. I don't know what happened, what transpired before that. But, you know, he got his feelings hurt and, you know, she decided to up and leave. And he just did some some wild stuff. I mean, if, you, if you're if a real man, you don't really go about it like that uh, by any means. And, and if you're a real man and you see that she's staying quiet and she's riding for you, she ain't even mentioning your name, you're going to try to offer some type of help, especially if you're saying that you love her on, on, your, on your album. And everything. I haven't heard the album yet either, but I just heard little snippets. Mm-hmm. And if you vouching that you love this chick or that you got this relationship with her, but yet you left her out to dry like that, I mean, shoot, one of my best friends is from Houston, and I mess with Houston hard. Like, they, they some loyal people down there. So for her to be backing them up this much, and then she's just like, yo, if he ain't got my back, and if they keep spreading these rumors, like, I got to say something. So that just lets me know, like, yeah, he, he did it. Like, exactly. there's no BSing around it. He did it. Right? Yeah. He still ain't admit to it, and he still ain't. You can't say you love this girl after you shot her and didn't stand up for her when she was trying to have your back when it came down to the police and stuff, so. Yeah, and one of the snippets I heard was him saying, like, he wanted her back in so many words, and it's just like, bro, how do you expect for her to get her back? Like, the way you handled this situation was trash. Right. It was real trash. And then I, I read, I was listening to some little um, interview uh, over the weekend about, and they were, they were having some callers call in, one of the callers, uh, it, was a, it was a woman, and she said, you know, we need to protect our black men, that's the problem, and that, um, you know, it, it couldn't have been, it, he couldn't have really did it, or it couldn't have been that bad if she was taking a picture in a bikini on the beach or something a couple of weeks later, which is like, dang, she, she can't move on with her life, she still got a career, she still got an image, you know, she still got money to come in, so whether she was on the beach the next day or two weeks from now, she still got shot, it should have never happened, yeah. you know? I feel like how she living her life after this situation has nothing to do with anything. Like I broke my foot and a month later was in Thailand on crutches. Like, you know, like you still entitled to live your life. Like just because something traumatic happens to you doesn't mean your life stops. Exactly. You know, I'm at a new year's party two weeks after breaking my foot, like turn up. Yeah, life life goes on, right? Yeah. You know, you got your moment where you can you can soak and you know kind of reflect on what happened to you, but at the end of the day, you're still in control of your life. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, live it. And I mean, if anything, that's inspiring for I would think it'd be inspiring for most women that you know she went through that traumatic uh, situation and she owned it. You know, she made it hers. You know, she changed the narrative. Like, you know what? That's behind me. He gonna get what he get. I'm gonna continue to live my life, and then she, she, she I'm sorry, she, she popped out with a, uh, you know, a hit record right after that, you know. So yeah. I got number respect for. Exactly, and so with you know bringing up the concept of protect black men, I think like we should definitely be protecting each other, and not just oh let's protect black men, let's protect black women, like let's protect trans people, like let's just all protect each other because we all out here black people in general 
are out here like being killed for apparently no reason. So it's just right. like let's let's just take care of each other. Um, but with that being said, you know, we've been waiting for months now for a ruling in the Brianna Taylor situation, and we finally got one. And I'm not surprised at what the the ruling came out to be, you know? Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, from the, I mean, nothing, you know, nothing against Brianna Taylor's family when they took the settlement. I'm sure, you know, it was, it was, it was for a good thing as well as whatever parameters they had afterwards. I don't know if they're going to do a civil suit against the, the cop or not. And they just released a video, um, a little short video of the uh, one of the cops being shot in the leg, being carried outside, trying to get sympathy for one of the cops. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, you went into the wrong place. They have every right to protect themselves. And then for <clears throat> once that settlement hit, I kind of already figured like, yeah, of course these cops are going to get off. That's the whole reason why they, you know, they, they made sure that they settle so that they can get these cops off and, you know, it's on them after that. So uh, I, I can't see that city sleeping for a while. I think it's still going to be some riots, uh, hopefully peaceful protests. But, you know, it's just crazy the, the outcome that it is. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And if you guys like haven't heard, I'm I'm sure y'all have heard what the ruling is. But basically, in, in a nutshell, the officer was charged with, what was the words that they used? Um, it was a want something. It was something I never even heard of before. Wanting, uh, wanting was the word. Yeah. But basically, like the basically, he was charged with endangering the wall. Like the bullets that did not hit her and hit the walls is what he was charged with. So basically, it was more so like you endangered the neighbors more so than the people in this home that you invaded. Right. Which is, it's insane to me. Uh, you know, I got mixed feelings about how things should go about when it comes down to the police force. But one of my pet peeves is that when cops do something that's potentially, you know, illegal, and I say potentially or, or possibility that could be illegal only because, you know, they have to go through the investigation and everything. You know, when black people are detained, for any reason, a lot of times they're going to jail and even if they're innocent, they're in jail, they got to post bail until that hearing comes up. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it blows my mind that cops get on administrative leave most of the time paid and they could just kind of float around, do you know, live their life. Granted, I know it ain't all strawberries and cream and, and, and milky cookies when because they're probably getting harassed or whatever, but still, I think they should be held to the same standards. You know, they should have to post bail, they should um you know be arrested and, and everything like that until the trial comes up definitely because i i feel like you know i i'm assuming it's just like well you're here to protect and serve and so um you know you're here to protect and serve or whatever but in in the same token like you're using your authority inappropriately and absolutely when you're using your authority in a way that is not okay like in the military like if i give an order to somebody and it's not legal like i'm getting in trouble mm -hmm. <laughs> my, my, my career is in jeopardy and not just on no oh we gonna put you on administrative leave like yes some some things are going to be put in place where I'm not possibly working with this person until 
you know, an investigation is completed. And at the end of the day, if I'm found guilty, my career is gone. Bye-bye. And I will serve time if that's what that, you know, if that's what it included. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like if a military person can be prosecuted to the fullest extent for giving a wrongful or unlawful order, then why wouldn't a police be held to that same standard? No, I agree. I agree. And in the military, you guys don't have unions or anything like that, right? Facts. I'm just put my own education. All right, cool. Just wanted to make sure I had that right. Ain't no suing the military if you get put out and asses out. (laughs) Yep. Government is government. You know, they don't play. You know, the military is the military. They, you know, they govern themselves. So it's the same way with the police force. You know, you, you you know, the whole fact that they have a union, I get it. I get a small piece of that, but to you use that union to protect cops for um especially dirty cops is doing shady stuff that, that know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I don't think I think that's definitely a broken system. And whether they get rid of the union and come up with a, a whole different program, something something needs to happen. You know, and on top of that, all these settlements that people keep raving about, you gotta think about it like this. Where is that money coming from? You know, we pay the police to police us, we pay the police to wrongfully arrest us, we pay the police when we have to settle with the city, you know, for something they did, you know, it's our taxes, it's our money going there. Mm. So when they say, oh, well, the city paid out this much, nah, the working citizens, you know, who pay taxes paid that out, just so you guys can get off and keep making your pension and keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. And I defend the police. When I think, when they say defund the police, um, I think it's somewhere along the lines of what you said of maybe restructuring their unions because, I mean, we still need to be policed. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I don't think defunding the police is necessarily an option, but I definitely think that restructuring how the... um, you know, however that system works, like just restructure it. And then that also goes back into, you know, how we vote. Mm-hmm. You know, nope, like I agree. really taking the time and figuring out who these people are running, what their, you know, what it is that their focus is and understanding what it is you're voting for when you saying, okay, yeah, I vote for this person do you understand like what they stand for, what kind of policies they want to put in place, the current, like what their current track record is. Like, these are things that you should be considering when you're voting. 100% agreed. And you, and you got to educate yourself because um, there, there's been countless people that, you know, I've spoken to before and it'd be black people at that. And being African-American myself, when you hear somebody says, Oh, what, did Obama do for us? So what did this person? I mean, one, quit looking for people to do stuff for you. Two, you have to understand how the uh, our you know the judicial system works and everything. You can't rely on the president to focus on communities. You know, he has an entire country to run. He has a world to interact with. You know, it's your local representatives. It's your state representative. Your state. I mean, your congressmen. Um, you know, you have to do it from a local level. And if you don't know what they stand for locally, if you don't know, you know, like you said. Um, how many bills they actually got passed through or who they keep in their actual circle, then, I mean, you really just, you know, you walk walking blind, you're at their mercy for them to pass whatever they want to pass because you voted for somebody that you had no idea what they stand for. Bad. And don't focus on, you know, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you know, 
it really don't matter um, when it comes down to humanity. So if you know that you're whether you're Republican or Democrat, if you know the person that you're voting for, you know, stands for humanity, is gonna do the right thing, then all by all means, you know, vote for them. But don't vote for somebody who's, you know, has no care but for themselves and you know the people that benefit from it. You know, don't I don't vote for them just because they're Republican or they're Democrat. That's not the way to do it. Exactly. Um, and so speaking of voting, like we do have elections coming up. So I would definitely say take the time to research the candidates that are out there and for the prosecutor or the, um, the uh, what is it, the U.S. attorney? Um, yeah, you got the, uh, the U.S. attorney, the um, district attorney, um, and you got the attorney general as well. So I believe it's the DA that's in charge of this ruling for Brianna um, yep. Taylor. So, you know, bow his ass up out of there. <laughs> like, no one is going to get the desired results or the, you know, the care that we want as Black people if we're not getting out there and voting and voting for the right people. So bow him up out of there and vote for someone who you who really has the the want to help the community exactly no definitely um you definitely and take your kids those of you got kids even if they're for those who are actually going to the actual voting booths you know take your kids so they can actually see that it is important because if it's important to you they're going to make sure it's important to them if you don't bring up voting if you don't talk to them about it if they don't see you actually doing it then of course why would it be important to them and then if you got older kids, 18 and up, you know, by all means, you know, call them and say, let's go together or remind them to send in their mail-in voting uh, ballots. But you got to get everybody involved. You can't, it can't be about me. And then you complain to other people about why stuff isn't working the right way. Exactly. Yep. So I think that was, you know, good information or advice given about, you know, voting and just commentary on the whole Breonna Taylor situation in itself. And so we are going to go ahead and take a quick break and move over into the hot cup of cocoa. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by It's Untamed Beauty. What is It's Untamed Beauty? It is a lifestyle. It is about sexuality, self-love, self-care, good vibes, energy cleansing. That is everything in one place. You got waist beads, crystals, sage, everything to just make positive stuff happen. So go to itsuntamedbeauty.com. Use Coco 10 to receive 10% off of your entire order. And I love my waist beads. I love being able to live in a positive space because I use my sage and crystals to, you know, manifest the things I want in my life. So go ahead, Coco 10, it's untamedbeauty.com. So we are back, guys, and this is the hot cup of cocoa. And so today, so not only is Lester like all of these amazing things, Grey Goose Ambassador, Dr. Loveless, you know, just <laughs> all around you. great person, but... um 
you know, he he is married and he met his wife in an Uber. And I remember reading the article because it was in a magazine. What magazine was it in? Do you remember? Yeah, so it was the XO Nicole. Uh, that was one of the magazines it was in. Um, it might have been, uh, she used to be called Nicole Bitchy, but now it's called XO Nicole. And then um, she kind of launched it for us too. And then we had some smaller articles too. So I I just remember reading the article and I was like, I went to high school with him. That's so dope. <laughs> um, so yes, he met his wife in, in Uber. And so I just, I think it just goes to show like you can meet your spouse so unexpectedly, whether it's a place or a time in your life, but you know, things just happen in unexpected ways. And so Lester, you kind of want to talk about like, what do you remember what that initial interaction was? Oh yeah. I remember everything actually. And, um, and back then when I ordered an Uber pool, I was actually just being cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Um, but my wife wasn't. So um, I was living in Michigan at the time. Uh, if you want the, the quick story, I'll I go ahead and give it to you right now. Um, I was living in Michigan at the time. My, my brother, who's uh, he's a Hennessy ambassador in Chicago, actually, he called me up and said, you know, little bro, let's go to LA for my birthday. I go every year. And this is the first time we started. Uh, we just started traveling together a lot because he had his because uh, he's much older than me. So he had his um, travel career at first, but they started flaking on him. So me and my best friend Steve, that's from Houston, actually flew to LA, last minute trip, you know. Uh, I got there first, met my boy Steve at the bar, had a couple drinks, and then um, my brother landed, ordered me an Uber pool to, to meet up back with him at the hotel, and then the Uber driver, uh, it was mad cool, I actually was FaceTiming my homegirl when I got into Uber, so it was even more strange. <laughs> and the Uber driver, you know, was mad cool, you know, he turned around, introduced himself, asked my name asked me how my day was going, said, hey, we're picking up somebody on the way, hope you don't mind. I said, no, nah, I know how it goes, it's okay. And sure enough, we you know, pull up maybe like five minutes, eight minutes later, and I kind of get a side profile of, of my wife, her name's Janissa. Um, so, uh, you know, I already saw kind of some attraction there and she got in the front seat and I was in the back. So I, I was kind of offended, like, dang, she can't sit in the back seat with me. Uh, but I was still FaceTiming my homegirl. So do not know cool. you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I guess I was going to be an Uber serial killer or something. I don't know. But um, I, I respect it. I respect it now. And uh, the Uber driver actually introduced us. He's like, hey, Janice, you know, pleasure to meet you. This Lester, Lester's Janice. He's visiting from, you know, Michigan. I was like, dang, you know, he, he did a full alley-oop for me. So, yeah. of course, you know, I'm like, hey, I'll tell my homegirl, like, hey, you know, let me get you back in a little bit. So I got off the phone with her. And, uh, he, yeah, he was basically running interference. I asked her, like, where she was from. She was visiting from Atlanta. She was out modeling in LA for about three, four months. Uh, so I just, she was actually real shy. And right when we pulled up to her stop, um, you know, he kind of threw me another alley. He's like, oh, you know, you guys should exchange numbers. And I was like, yeah, you know, we're, you know, me and my brother and a couple of friends are going to be out. You know, I would love for you to come out, have some drinks with us, you know, kick it. So she was like, okay, you know, I could probably do that. So exchange Instagram, exchange numbers. And I immediately went back to my boys, like, man, look at this girl I pulled, because I saw her Instagram, she had all her pictures up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she actually, she was supposed to come out with us that next day. And when we went out, and she actually flaked on me. So she kind of just disappeared on me. Uh, I was texting her, like, hey, you know, you still coming? No response. And then she hit me up at like one in the morning, saying she's so sorry. She fell asleep. I was like, okay, I know the game. All right, yeah, whatever. We'll see. Um, but you know what? She was talking to me the rest of the night, which, you know, normally if somebody playing you, they're going to just shoot you that little, 
a little hope you feel better text like oh sorry you know i fell asleep or something came up but now she was texting me throughout the the rest of the night to like three in the morning and i was like well why don't you come to runyon canyon with us tomorrow and for those of you who don't know runyon canyon is in la and it's it's definitely a dope place to uh visit to kind of get the trail if you like to run or hike or something like that um so she's like yeah i've been wanting to do it i said okay how about you meet us up there about one o'clock or whatnot maybe 12. She stood me up again. You know, she didn't show up. Uh, so yeah, we just, baby, <laughs> she cold. <laughs> man, you know, and usually if I'm in LA, you know, you get you get played once. After that, it's like, okay, mind you, I'm single, so I'm like, there's plenty of other people around. I don't care, you know, I'll be alright. And then she played me twice, so I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not, you know, swinging back usually. But then she hit me up like, hey, where you went after that? Sorry, of course something came up again. Uh, mm-hmm. I told her we we're gonna get some food, and she's like, oh well, you know, I'll just uh, come over there. It's only two minutes away. I was like, all right, you know, this is the last straw, kind of. So it was actually an intimidating scene for her, but she held her own because it was me, my best friend, my brother, um, his boss, that's with Hennessy, that was with Hennessy, um, and probably about three other people. Uh, so she came in by herself, uh, all natural hair, everything. It wasn't like she was trying to be all dolled up or, or done up just for me. And, I, man, I loved every bit of it. Of it. And I want to say since that day, it just kind of clicked. You know, once we got a chance to, like, actually talk, um, mingle during the day, she ended up uh, coming out with me that night. Um, and then from there, I mean, shoot, we were, I was FaceTiming her a lot. Uh, I was leaving like two days later. She ended up telling me she had a cousin that stayed in Michigan that she was on a visit. So I want to say about three months after, you know, we exchanged information, we were talking and everything. She ended up visiting her, her cousin in Detroit. And we actually didn't hit it off in Detroit. You know, the vibes were a little bit off. Yeah. Uh, so I took a, you know, I kind of backed up a little bit. You know, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this, Maybe the vibe that was in LA was just for LA. Mm-hmm. So she turned around, started being a pursuer. Like she started hitting me up a little bit more, started texting me a little bit more. And um, I, I decided to give it like one more shot. I told her I, I have to fly for work, but I'm gonna make sure I have a layover, even though I hate layovers. Yeah. Uh, in Atlanta for like three hours. I was like, maybe we grab a bite. So, okay, great, I'll take you out to eat. She took me to this bomb seafood spot, not that far from the airport. And we just kind of connected again. And I mean, shoot, we've been damn near like best friends um, the rest of that time. So we were dating for about uh, about a year and a half before she moved to Chicago for work, uh, for mm-hmm. modeling. And then I proposed to her six months after that. So we were roughly together about uh, two years, a little bit over. And then we got married a year and a half um, later. So we got married April, I mean, uh, May of uh, 2018. So we've been married for about two years now. Nice, nice. And I think, because I, I know I'm um, good for doing something like that, like kind of being a little shady in the beginning. And then like once I feel you out some more, then I'm just like, oh, okay, let me mm-hmm. get my shit together. Um, and that for me, I know that's normally how it goes for me. Like just, you know, I guess you got to vet them out. Yeah, yeah, just trying to vet them out, see how they fit into your life. So, um, how was long distance dating for you guys? Um, you know, I, I wasn't my longest relationship before her was like eight months. Um, so not to mention, you know, once we actually made it official and being long distance, it was a little tough. But I was at a point in my life where I can actually travel a lot more. So I would drive down to Atlanta sometimes or fly down, depending on what it is. Um, and then she'll come up to visit me. So we'll probably see each other like once a month mm-hmm. for the weekend or once every couple months. And after a while, you know, we got to the point where it was like, okay, we need to be in the same city. So I was actually looking to transfer um, gigs at the time 
to Atlanta. I was looking at Atlanta, but Chicago popped up and offered me a position. So she ended up getting signed by um, a modeling agency out of Chicago, which ended up all working out you know, pretty well. Right. So she ended up moving out there. Um, so that was, and it's the first person I've ever lived with, um, as, as far as a uh, first woman I've ever lived with. So um, it was definitely some, some uh, learning, learning curves, of <laughs> course, because you're actually sharing your life with somebody now, right? Right. Uh, but it was dope. It was dope. It was, it was a crazy experience. And I feel like I, I respect that, you know, women, you know, or those women that do vet out, you know, and kind of be a little bit shy and reserved when they meet somebody before they open up. I respect it because a lot of dudes, believe it or not, um, and some women, don't get me wrong, can't even hold a conversation. So, uh, you know, you imagine you're shy and they can't really get you to talk and they can't get no answers out of you. Um, they really struggle to have a, you know, hold a conversation. Well, there you go. You know, how they going to hold it down when you're actually in a relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think conversation is key like that like of course you going off of a physical attraction when you initially meet somebody and mm-hmm. after you meet them it's like okay how how does this person carry themselves like can they hold a conversation if we're out in the out how do they interact with other people because I know like sometimes going out um you know just how they interact with like maybe a waiter at dinner or the bartender like that's a mm-hmm. turn off for me like if you rude or whatever i'm kind of just like uh-uh he don't know how to act in public like mm-mm. I or if they speaking uh the waiter a certain way you know um then what they how they gonna speak to you when y'all finally like official or get married or something like that he's gonna start talking to you sideways too so exactly. definitely definitely gotta pay attention to that you gotta yeah. pay attention to the clues you know and i, I tell people that on the uh, Dr. Loveless uh, channel, like, you know, you, there's always signs, you know, and a lot of times we, we ignore those small things, but they're always there. So when people say, oh, I had no clue, it came out of nowhere. No, there were signs. Oh, it you know, was There bad. was a certain, oh. there's always signs. You know, there's some, some are really small and subtle, which are the most important ones. And then there's some that are like really huge, but you're not gonna always see that huge sign that hey, this person's a little off or, mm-hmm. you know, they plant, they, they selling me something, but they selling another chick the same thing or the other do the same thing. So yeah. I agree. Cause I I know I love to be like you know my ex husband just popped up one day and said he didn't want to be married but I mean things think there were things that happened that led up to him saying that but you know mm-hmm. in that moment it was kind of just like what it it was that right. bad like I didn't know we was that bad off like yeah. okay yeah, yeah I know we didn't, that. Y'all didn't have conversations in the middle or in between like where you're kind of like, oh, I can see this leading to it. It was kind of like one extreme to the next. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely like an extreme. It was like, yeah, I knew we weren't sleeping in the same bed, but I thought we was just going through a rough patch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's how it is. And that, that's the importance of communication because, um, you know, you got you to gotta learn your spouse. You got to f- kind of mm-hmm. figure out how they move. So some, like me, I'm more of like, okay, um, just because I'm quiet and I'm thinking, you know, I just, I'm just calculating things in my head. I'm good though. You know, I'm, I'm not upset or anything. Like I'm just figuring stuff out of my head. And then there's other people, you know, like my, my wife, sometimes she needs a moment to herself, you know, because she is getting upset in the conversation. So she'll just be like, you know what, we need to talk about this later. And you gotta let them, you gotta let them go ahead. You know, if you have a conversation, they're like, you know what, I'm not ready to talk about this right now, or I need some time. Give them some time, even if you want to get this all right then and there, because it's going to make for the conversation to be much better down down the line. If you actually can just give them a space to think clear. The minute yeah. you start letting emotions get involved and you're going to end up saying something you don't really mean or you're going to say something that maybe you might have been thinking, 
but you haven't really thought it through and now you just blurt it out and it's you know it's just something you can't take back yeah because it's kind of like you know everybody processes things differently so Mm -hmm. um you know if if someone does need that time like you definitely shouldn't feel away because they need to take a moment and process you know what's going on right right you want them to have a a clear head and as frustrating as it it gets because i mean me and my wife don't really argue um, that much. Uh, we'll, we'll debate some things. She knows I like to debate anyway, but we really don't argue that much. And that's probably really refreshing because it's somebody who actually wants to listen and understand you mm-hmm. compared to somebody who's just trying to, oh, well, this is all the reasons why I'm right. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the end of the day, it's not about, I mean, sometimes, yeah, it always feels good to be right. I'm not even going to uh, play y'all on that. But um, at the same time, it's, I don't really need anybody to prove me right if I think I'm right. It's more so I just need you to understand what I'm saying or how I came to this conclusion, whether it's right or not, that's fine. But I need you to just understand me. And I try to do the same thing with my wife where she's expressing something to me. And if I don't agree, I don't agree, but I need to understand how that impacted her or how that made her feel or why she is thinking that because it might be something I'm doing that I don't think is a big deal or something that's really subtle that I can change. Like Mm -hmm. it's not costing me anything just to like put her at ease. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like commun- when it comes to relationships, like communication is key. And like you said, learning your spouse is everything because I think that encourages um, a healthy balance in communicating with each other. Because if you know like your spouse needs a moment, like you'll be okay with them taking that time. But if you don't really understand how your mate processes things, Mm. them taking mm-hmm. that moment is like oh so you just going to disregard what i'm saying mm-hmm. or i need an answer right now i want to address this right now you know? right that becomes more about you instead of us mm. like, how do i get us past this and, and you know you, you're going to hit those points where you're communicating well everything's rocking and rolling because you know with my wife and i we for the most part have always communicated well to each other like always try to figure it out but it's going to hit those rough spots where you're like dang I just, we just can't get past this point. Like, why, why am I not being understood? Why can't, and they're thinking the same thing about you. Why am I not understood? Or why is he, why does it not make sense to him? And you just got to figure it out. You got to be able to work through it and realize, you know, it's about the both of you. It's together. It's not, oh, that person has to be proven right or I have to be proven right. You know, at the end of the day, people aren't going to say, oh, well, Lester, you failed in your marriage. They're going to say your marriage failed. Like the both of you failed in your marriage. Right. So, you know, you just got to, you got to keep that in the forefront that it's, it's once you guys get married, it's really about the both of you working as a team. It's not about Lester. It's not about Janice. It's about us. So what impacts us? How can we get over this? Right. So what would you say was the, like when, when did you like realize like she was the person for you? Oh, yeah, I know that my, my best friend, my other best friend and my sister can tell you the same thing. I was actually in Minnesota at the time and uh, Janisa was in Atlanta visiting her friends. Um, and I, I mean, we were, we were together. Um, I wasn't sure if I, I loved her just yet, but um, she was kicking away some of her friends from college and she was really tight with some of her male friends. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she told me about one of them. Um, and I've met him before. He's a cool dude, but at the time I didn't know him that well, but sometimes uh, her and her girls and a couple of the guys, they'll go stay at their friend's house. Um, they, they do it, they, they bounce around each other's crib every now and then if they've been drinking too much. So anyway, she kind of uh, disappeared on me. It was like maybe 11 o'clock my time in Minnesota because I was visiting my boy. Uh, so it was 12 o'clock her time and she stopped texting me. 
am I okay? Did you make it home? Are you good? Nothing, right? So I'm yeah. I'm a little bit worried. And so when she finally called me, like maybe an hour and a half later, she's like, hey, you know, I fell asleep. Uh, sorry, you know. Uh, you know, I just flipped on her. And I've I've never flipped on anybody about that. I'm not insecure with things like that, but you know, you put all this stuff in your head. And I was like, man, if I'm putting all this stuff in my head, I must really love this girl. Cause uh it's driving me crazy now. So you gotta take a step back and realize, okay, I do love this person, but you can't be putting stuff in your head just because you're you're worried about getting played or losing them or something like that. So when I started snapping on her, like when they heard me, like just we're, we're both on the phone and she's defending herself and I'm arguing my point, you know, and I walked out and my, my boy was just like, gee, I've never seen you like this. Like, you must really love this girl. And I was like, damn, you know, after I took a moment to myself the next day, I was like, shit, I must love her. Then. Excuse my language. But yeah, I definitely must love her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely something to take you out your comfort zone because you kind of just be like, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really sweat stuff, you know, it's, you know, I don't go looking for dirt or anything like that. Um, but, you know, when I realized like how much I loved her that, you know, I started acting irrational. Uh, sometimes I was like, you know what, self-assess, get yourself back together. Clearly you have some strong feelings for this woman, you know, so just talk through it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. So that's how I knew like, okay, this, this is the one. Yeah. And what was her? I've never had that feeling. <laughs> Um, on which part when uh, we were arguing that day? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, she didn't feel like she did anything wrong. And you know what? She, technically, she didn't do anything wrong. Um, she just could have did something better. And that's just, you know, taking consideration that us being long distance and me thinking about her, uh, you know, I want to make sure that she's safe. So she could have just been like, hey, I got to my friend's crib. Because then I would have known if she would have disappeared or anything like that, that she's actually she either having a good time or um, she might have fell asleep on my diet, whatever it may be. Yeah. But, you know, she was just defending her whole point, you know, like, I just don't understand why you're tripping, you know, but at the end of the day, she ended up, um, before we got the phone, she was like, you know what, I'm sorry, I should have said something to you, you know, but her just owning up to that piece and apologizing made me want to open up and apologize as well. Like, you know what, my approach was bad. I probably shouldn't have been snapping on you. I should have just been, you know, understanding things happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think we we all go through those moments where it's kind of just like, you know, you got to self-evaluate. And I think it's good when you can recognize that within yourself. Because um, mm-hmm. sometimes Absolutely. people go off, of you, go off on you and, and not apologize because they just know they right. <laughs> true, true. And I mean, I suffer from that sometimes too, where, you know, I've, if I'm going off on you, I've already thought about everything I said and I've already calculated it, you know, went one way. Like I said, I'm not a real emotional person. I'm more in my own head. And, you know, I'll kind of give them a warning, whether it's my wife or somebody, like, look, you need to quit going down this road. Like, for real, like, just let it go. But then Wrong sometimes road. people keep beating on it. Wrong road. Yeah, you know, they keep beating on it. And when you snap on them and you say everything that you've already been thinking about and everything, I, I'm never going to apologize for something I, I meant. You know, now if it's received, if something I said was, receive wrong based on how I said it that's different but if what I said was was truthful and I meant it then I'm not gonna go back just because we made up and be like you know what I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that you know you be doing xyz if you do xyz you do xyz I'm not gonna apologize for it you know if it pisses me off so yeah. um, that's, that's, that's definitely a piece yep I, I wholeheartedly agree with you know standing by the things that you say Um, Because it's like I've been in situations where I've had to apologize and I'll tell them like I apologize 
if I hurt your feelings. But I'm not mm-hmm. going to apologize for what I said or what I did because I meant it. <laughs> and although, although I have tr- I've done that approach before, it usually works for me. But once I got married, it's almost a slap in their face based on what my wife has told me, where you'd be like, oh, well, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. They take it as, or I, not they, she takes it as, oh, well, sorry you mad, but it is what it is. You know, it's kind of like, you know, forget your feelings, you know, uh, boo-hoo, but it is what it is kind of thing. So it's it's not, and whether you write, you write, whether you meant it, you meant it, but it's the way you, you word it. Right. That can go a long way. So I've been very cautious. What you said, but how you said it. Absolutely. And a lot of times how I say things can be taken the wrong way just because I'm straightforward. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a straight shooter. I'm not going to sugarcoat um, anything. A little bit with my wife, you got to, but I'm not going to sugarcoat most. So people will take it as, oh, you're, you know, you're a ho or something like that. It's like, nah, you know, I'm just direct. You know, it's just, it's just what it is. I prefer, I prefer everybody to be the same way with me because, you know, you know, you, you know what you get. Yeah. I, um, I'm not going to say I'm, if I'm to the point where I'm like very direct with someone or I get to the point where I'm just like, I apologize if I hurt your feelings, but I said what I said. Um, mm-hmm. At that point, I'm probably like fed up. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Because like, I, now, right? <laughs> yeah, like I, I pretty much really do try and be considerate of how I talk to people because I know it's, It's definitely not what you said, but how you said it. So I'm very cognizant Mm. of how I speak to people, whether it is people I supervise, people that supervise me, or, you know, the person I'm in a relationship, my friends, a bitch I don't give a fuck about. But Mm -hmm. I just be like, you know, I'm trying to be nice. And when I get to the point, like, you done pissed me off and I just don't know how else to be nice, like, Mm -hmm. anything can come out. (laughs) Facts. Wait, when's your birthday? <laughs> November. Oh, uh, no, are you a Scorpio? Yeah. Uh, okay, I got you. Yep. <laughs> Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, like my mom would be like, the girl's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Scorpios do got that crazy side. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I, I, I've had my run ins with a few Scorpios in my life. Thank God my, my wife's a Sagittarius. But I mean, it's, it's better to be truthful than, you know, to, to lie or to, you know, sugarcoat it, make it seem like it's one way and it's another. And that's where those surprises come from when they're like, oh, well, I'm not happy. Well, man, you know, two weeks ago, you were just talking to me and you made it seem like you missed me, you love me. So how are you not happy now? You know, you telling me you ain't been happy for the last six months? Like, no, I ain't that. So you've been, right. you've, been fun. You've, been, you've been faking the funk, you know, you've been, you know, kind of going through the motions, telling me what I want to hear, but really you don't really buy what I could have corrected this you know, yeah. six months ago, or we could have worked through this, depending on what it is, a mm-hmm. while ago. You didn't even give me the chance. Yeah. And I mean, the only thing that kind of shows you is that, that if they don't give you that chance, and if they're not willing to work with you and communicate with you, well, then you, they, you shouldn't be in a relationship with them. You, know, you mm-hmm. can't be selfish. You can't be that selfish in a relationship. I'll say that. Exactly. Exactly. Because um, I've definitely, been, like, a lot of things when I talk about relationships a lot of it I do refer back to my ex-husband because I feel like every situation you can think of that go left it happened in that situation and so like Mm -hmm. um that same scenario happened he was like oh he was away for work and he was gone for like a month and it was the first time we were separated since we had been together and it was like oh I miss you I can't wait for you to come home but 
I, I will say when he first left, I was like, praise God. I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, I get a break. <laughs> praise him. You got your I, mind back a little bit. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how people stay with somebody for 50 years and be together every day. I was like, who I needed this break. <laughs> and then maybe about three weeks in, it was like, yeah, I miss you. Can't wait for you to come home. Like, I genuinely did miss him. And he was like, yeah, I miss you too. I love you. We going to have babies when I get back. You know, all it is. And then a month mm-hmm. later, it was like, yeah, I don't want to be married no more. What? Yeah, see. Like, this and then say this. Like, so how long you been yeah. this way? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How long you been thinking about telling me this? Right. <laughs> like, is this something you just thought of, like, last week? Or are you like, damn, are you doing those you know, high school days, we like, I got to figure out how to break up with them type thing, you know? Exactly. And for me, because like I told you, I prior to, I was already wondering like, oh, how long is this going to last? So it was like, bro, we could have had a conversation, you know, and just been like, you know, came to a mutual agreement. Like, yeah, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just let it go. But no, you over here hyping me up like everything is cool. And then like, yeah, nah, I don't want this. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, I, and that's the problem with, you know, today's world is that everybody wants the dream. They don't want to fight for it, though. You know, mm-hmm. they, I'm like, if, if marriage was easy, everybody would do it. And I tell people all the time, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's this, it's that. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, that's why you're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you got married. Is you, and if somebody's not willing to fight for you when y'all just dating, or if they're not willing to fight for you right, either right before y'all got married or maybe they're not willing to fight for you when y'all first year, you know, like your, your, your ex-husband, yeah. well, then you, y'all need to just kick them out. Y'all need to kick him or her out because if they're going to give up on you now, they're going to give up on you 20 years from now, exactly. you know, where you may need them the most. So at the end of the day, you know, and I, I, I tell my wife this and, you know, she agrees. It, it came off rough the first time, but she agrees. And I, 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 we're on uh, the Tamron Hall show too, uh, talking about the story. And at the end of the day, you know, the person that you bring in your life, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't need them. You know, you should, you, they should compliment you. You should want them, their company. You should want the companionship. You should want the, the teamwork, but mm-hmm. you should not rely on them. Like at the end of the day, you, it's you, it's them. And then y'all come together. It's not, oh, well, now everything's centered around this person or no, that, that, that's not, that's not how it should work. Yeah. And I, I, I tell people, I'm like, my wife can leave me tomorrow. And will I be hurt? Hell yeah, I'd be hurt. I'll be struggling for a while, but I know, I already know I'm going to get over it. I'm going to be, I'm going to be strong. God got me. And that's just what it is. Now, do I want her to stay? Absolutely. But I would, I would never, and I hope people, you know, if anything sits in, you know, the listeners ears and people I talk to, I would never rely on another human being to come into your life and try to be your world. Or you thinking like, oh, everything has to be surrounded by them. I'm 33. It took me 33 years to learn who I am today, changes and all. So imagine trying to teach somebody 33 years worth of what shapes you to be to now in a matter of, you know, three years, four years, five years, you know, it's unfair. So you can't go with that expectation that, oh, all of a sudden I'm going to take these 33 years and just give it all to my people's now. I mean, give it to her or give it to him. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be my world. Like it's always going to be toxic on the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think when you put the expectation on that person to be your source of happiness, um, you set yourself up for failure because 
that person is not going to live up to that. Like there are going to be days when that person dis- disappoints you or you disappoint yep. that person. Um, and there are going to be days when y'all just don't get along or you just don't like each other. But when you put so much of your happiness in that person's hands, it will affect every aspect of your life. And you just can't do that. 100, yeah. And, then, and I missed the second point when you were asking me, like, how did I know um, that I loved it? So, yeah, that, it was that situation. But it was also, um, you know, people go through checklists, right, men and women. And a lot of times you're like, oh, well, you know, why do you, uh, um, you know, why do you, why do you love this person? Or, you know, what do they mean? And you start checking off this list. Oh, they're beautiful. They know how to cook. Um, you know, they, they pick me up or they support me. You know, those are the checklists. You know, we all got them. That's like your mm-hmm. preliminary screening. But, you know, when somebody can tell you how you think, how you, how, you know, what ticks in your head, what moves you one way to another, like what made them upset or what they don't like, or they can just sit and look at your facial expressions when you're talking to other people and they can say like, oh yeah, he's not really interested. Oh yeah, he, he's not getting some good news. You know, or I know I need to do this because Lester enjoys it. Like when somebody can understand you to that level, then I mean, that just, that just means that much more. And that's what she brought. You know, she wasn't paying attention to all the checklists and everything. She actually was paying attention to like the small things that I did that helped me tick. Um, so that was, that was definitely huge. And then to the point we were just talking about, and, and I agree with you, if you're not happy before you met this person, you know, with yourself, your life, you know, if you're spiritual, if you believe in God, if you're not right with God and, you know, if you're not in a good place, then this person is not going to do that for you. You know, there's people that add to your happiness and can make you more happy. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. if you're not happy before you met this person, or if you are that person that can continually or, or continuously or consistently go in and out of relationships, like, oh, we just broke up. I need to get another relationship. Well, I mean, it's going to, you're going to keep that cycle going because you're relying on that person once again for your happiness and you can't do that. You got to find happiness within yourself first. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I'll also say that was another reason my marriage did not work out because I wasn't in a good place when I met him. And so it was like, I was in a bad place and then he came around and it was like, oh, I'm happy again. You know, so I did mm-hmm. fall into that situation where I you know ended up placing all of my happiness in him so of course when things went left like I was distraught and it it reflected in my work and everything and my supervisor was like where you be at you be gone Mm -hmm. for hours at a time and don't nobody know where you at and I'm like you know I just had to tell him like he leaving me you know and it was like You know, and then we had to go through that whole cycle of emotions, but it was a very devastating experience, even though I didn't know how long I wanted to be married to him. It was still one of those things like, you know, I was married. I did, you know, make vows with this person to, you Mm -hmm. know, try and work it out to fight for what it was that we had going on. And, you know, I thought that would be the the process that we took to make those things happen, you know, to make our relationship last or, you know, to at least come to a mutual agreement that, hey, this Y'all done everything y'all could do at least, you exa- know, before y'all walk away. Right. Yep. And that did not happen. And so um, it was a devastating experience. But as I went through my grieving period, going through therapy, 
you know, it, you know, I was able to see like I wasn't in a good place when I met him. I did put too many expectations on him, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe he felt like he couldn't live up to my expectations. And maybe that's why it didn't work out, you know, mm-hmm. but I tell anybody, if your relationship don't work out and they don't give you no answer, like you said, there are signs prior to. And at the end of the day, like whatever the reason is, you can't place the blame on yourself. You kind of just yep. be like, that's something that they dealing with within themselves, you know, yep. and, and leave it at that. Like, yes, you're going to be hurt. You're going to be sad, but you'll mm-hmm. get through it and there will be somebody else. <laughs> yep. And that exactly, doesn't necessarily right. mean that somebody else is going to be marriage. It could just be your life partner. Mm-hmm. And whether you find love, you know, at 18 or you find love at 40, I guarantee you're going to still say it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. We don't have any patience nowadays. So we're constantly like, oh, I need, you know, I'm turning 30 or I'm 35 or I'm 40. I'm going to kids. You know, I have to help get married. And it's like, well, don't you, you know, won't you let it happen organically? You know, like, like, and it goes back to the point. If you find your true love, at, if you find a love, you know, the, your love that you want to marry and you're 24 or you find it at 40, once you fall in love and you actually know that this is the right person, it's going to mean that much more. Um, and you're going to be like, this was worth it compared to me rushing it or trying to take control. And now you, now your expectations going into it is that I want to get married because of me. I want to get married because my, you know, I'm, I'm 30, uh, 30 or 40. I want kids. You know, now it's all about you. So you're going into it with the wrong mentality. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Like, I just, I feel like now what I've been through, like I needed to go through that because patience, I tell anybody, patience is not my strong point. If you're not mm-hmm. doing what I want you to do right now, like kick rocks, buddy. So I know that's something mm-hmm. that I have to work on, you know, being patient and, um, you know, know that what I went through was not in vain. Yeah, it hurt, but I had to experience it to to show me like, bring it back mm-hmm. you know you know I, I admire that though i, I respect it and I, I appreciate that you could actually and i feel like that we, we struggle with that a lot of people do and i'm i'm big on this is something i'm keen on i you know tell people that i mentor or those that i look up to is that you have to take you have to do a self-assessment every time mm-hmm. and if you come to me and say oh well she cheated on me she did this she did that i'm like man that's messed up i totally understand that you know but what you know, what actions or, or what was transpiring or what do you think that you did? And it's not a blame game. It's more of like, have you taken a self-assessment? Like, oh, I was passive or I was, I did ignore a lot, a lot of the signs. So I know for next time I need to pay more attention or I need to quit being so selfish in a relationship or something like that. And it's, and it's not you blaming yourself for saying like, oh, it's my fault he left me, but it's more like, hey, how did I get in this situation? What, what did I do to add to this situation? Even if it was a small amount, and how do I get better from it? Mm-hmm. And if you can't take self-assessments and if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, well, you just wasted your time. You know, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to fail at certain things. But if you learn, if you learn nothing from your failures or um, the failures of others, well, then you kind of wasted that time and that experience. Yep. Yep. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, because the goal is, yes, you want a companion in life, but you want to be a good companion for whoever mm-hmm. that companion is. And you want to be in a place where discernment is key. Yep. Um, and, I think, and, to the, and to that point, I mean, you 
you really don't want to get into trying to think of the, the, the best uh, way to put it, but um, well, I'll, I'll put it like this. I'll keep it simple. For for you, you like you said, you weren't in a good place when you met your ex-husband, you know, and, and a lot of things transpired from that. But if you would have met whoever your future husband may be at that same time, you might have not been ready for him. Right. You haven't gone through what you're going through with your, your ex-husband and a growth point. Like if I would have met my wife back in college or right after college, I only had one one relationship right after college. If I didn't go through that. And if I would have met her during that time, oh, we wouldn't have been together. I know for sure we wouldn't have been together. We, we joke about it all the time. And she says the same thing, like, oh, no, I wouldn't have dated you in college. Or, you know, I would have played you or something like that. You know, she's trying to act like a boss sometimes. But um, <laughs> that, those are the things you got you to gotta keep in your mind is people. And I tell people when they ask me questions on, on Dr. Loveless, you know, I'm like, well, whatever you went through, if you, if you learn something from it, great. Because what you're what you're doing now you're shaping yourself for to be prepared for what's coming next mm-hmm. yeah definitely like if i think like when i think back to the different stages that i've been in in my adult life if say i met my spouse in my early 20s like say when i first came in the military like i wasn't that nice you would have definitely gotta i said what i said i did what i did and if your feelings hurt, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <That's it. laughs> no remorse. <laughs> like, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. You accept me or you don't. You know, yep. or being in that place where I did meet my ex-husband and just, like, I was in such a bad place. Like, of course, I went to work. But outside of work, like, it would be so hard to get me out of the house. And, you know, I just so happened, I went on a singles retreat. Because they were like at work, they was like, "Oh, go, you know." I'm like, "Shit, well, if y'all gonna give me a free day off work, I take it. Go to the beach, I take it, you know." So I didn't go with me too. The of meeting someone. I just went like, "I'm getting a free day off of work, and I'm gonna be at the beach, cool." And you know, I met him, and he physically he ticked off a lot of my, you know, like, "Ooh, okay, he meet this criteria," you know, and then. It was like I hung out with him and I I saw certain things in him that I didn't necessarily like and I almost Mm -hmm. kicked him to the curb and then somebody was like, give him a chance. You too impatient. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, you're right. Yeah, I'm impatient. I'm working on that. So I give him a chance and then things that, you know, they, they was not smooth. I will say prior to us getting married, they was not smooth. But now I'm invested. I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, we on this road to marriage, and I want to be married, and we getting married. And that's just what it was. But I was not in a good place when I met him. And so if I had it, like if I was in a place I am now and I met him, after our first date, it would have been like I probably would have did my little ghost thing, like ghosting folks. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I still got some bad habits, y'all. I'm not all the way right, but um, like, dang, I thought this date went good. She ain't returning none of my calls now. I had that, I had that fellow my wife at one point when she played. No response. Like, damn, yeah, I thought yeah. she was good, and you just not gonna respond. No response. Like, right. He he would have got one of those, but um, 
you know, I, I do, I do a lot of self-evaluation, um, just because I do want to be a better person in general. And I mm-hmm. do go to therapy continuously because even though I initially went to therapy to help me, you know, understand my emotions and my feelings while I was going through my divorce, I still felt like, you know, it's just a continuous process for me to be a better person. So I still go to therapy, you know, still working on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I will definitely say I am in a better place. I enjoy being single because I'm just like, like after I got divorced, it was like a sense of freedom. I was like, I am free. <laughs> exactly. When he brought me them divorce papers, like signed, sealed, filed, I was like, praise him. <laughs> Like, I I just genuinely felt free afterwards. And I would never take this freedom for granted again. No, nah, you shouldn't. I mean, you got, you got the rest of your life to be married is what I tell people. So if you're single, enjoy being single, enjoy meeting people. I ain't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go ahead and sleep around or do anything like that. You know, if that's what you want to do, cool. But more so just enjoy your space and who you are and figure mm-hmm. it out. Like you said, learning who you are, keep building on that. Because you'll be amazed on how much more of an understanding of yourself that you'll, you'll gain. And once you understand yourself and how you tick, because a lot of people don't understand themselves, you know, but they're trying to communicate themselves to other people, but they don't even know. But once you get a better understanding of yourself, what, you, what ticks and what you actually want you know, out of a, a partner, it's going to make it that much easier of a transition when you actually find somebody who can actually you know, reciprocate that as well. Definitely. Definitely. So It's, it's a struggle. <laughs> struggle. It's a real struggle. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, like I said, I wouldn't trade any of my experiences for the world because I feel like it has gotten me to the place I am now where I am happy, you know, working on me, doing things that make me happy um, and just trying to understand me better. So, mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. And I'm, I guarantee you, I mean, he probably didn't try to put that work in to understand you the same way you're putting that work in right now. Um, so you always got to bet on yourself first. Yep. So you got any final words you want to give to the people? Uh, you know, uh, once again, I mean, I'm, I'm always happy to, to help give advice or anything like that. And don't worry, I don't put you on blast on Instagram or anything like that. Um, I just tell people what the question is and I just give my, my honest answer, but and when people are like, oh, what makes you qualified? It's not more about a quali- qualification. It's, I mean, granted, I grew up in a house full of women, single parent. Um, so she had to be mom and dad. But I got a chance to see um, the soft side of women. I got a chance to see the hustle side, the business side of women. I actually learned how to listen. Because, you know, you, the worst thing you could do, for those that don't know, if there's more than two women in one room, just let it go. Don't, don't combat one or the other because y'all will team up on us. <laughs> so I knew... I had to shut up at times and just listen more and, and kind of get a grasp of everything. So the biggest thing that I can, I can leave or a couple items is one, be happy with yourself and know that you have, you have to have a spirit of expectation that you're going to find the person that is going to fit in your life. And I say fit, I don't, I'm not saying the one that's meant for you or the person that is going to change your life. No, the, that fits into your life and understands you, but you got to do the same thing. And if you're looking to get into into marriage or if you're considering it you know just know it's not going to be it's not going to be easy but it's not supposed to it's going to be some amazing times and it still is 
and you're gonna have more amazing times than than not if you, if both people are communicating and investing in each other. But if you're going into marriage thinking like, oh, you know, Cinderella, all lovey dovey, yeah, we're just gonna be happily ever after. It doesn't work that way. You know, people get you know tired of routine. People, you know, they they get comfortable, and you have to keep pushing them and bettering them as well as forcing them to better you. Um, so I, I'll leave it at that. That just be happy with yourself. Don't go trying to find love. It's it's gonna happen. And don't be afraid to look in, you know, it, not, I'm not a big fan of looking, so I'll, I'll take that back. Don't be afraid to expose yourself to new things, new environments. Um, like I said, I wasn't looking for love. It was just like, when it comes, it comes. I wasn't expecting to find it in an Uber pool. My wife wasn't either. She actually ordered an Uber pool by accident and she was freaking out and called her friends. And her friends were like, oh, it's not a big deal. So that just shows you like neither one of us was looking for it, but it was, you know, God bringing us together at the right time and us working at it because if we didn't work at it and you know god can only do so much he wants us to be able to work at something that he has given us and, and blessed us with so it's going to be hard work but if y'all anything like me i'm an athlete so i'm competitive so of course i don't want things to fail i'm gonna work at it until shoot she tells me she ain't doing it no more or it's the end of the day <laughs> well you want to go ahead and tell people where to find you at on social media again absolutely so twitter instagram i'm mainly on instagram of course um but it's just bald ass b-a-l-d-a-s-s-l-e-s so one one s um so feel free to shoot me some questions if you want or uh just shoot me a follow if you like there's plenty of things on there from uh, gray goose events or cocktails uh and advice as well so um i open my page up it's completely open so feel free to join and uh, you'll probably see my son a lot more because we just had our son during COVID on April 3rd. Um, so he's been popping up in my pictures a lot more too. So it's just letting you know, this isn't one of those Uber stories that failed after a year. Like, no, we're both committed. and We love our son to death. And, you know, we, we probably want one or two more after that. Ooh, one or two more. The one, yeah. yeah. I feel like the kids can't outnumber the parents. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I like that. I haven't heard that, but I like that. You know, I feel like the third one might be a little bit later on down the line. You know, that's mm -hmm. the one that's going to happen where you, the other two are already like teenagers or something. <laughs> I tell myself, I'd be like, if a third one comes, it's an accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, as, as long as I can afford it. So I just I just tell God, just, uh, just keep blessing me to be able to afford paying for these dang kids. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, you guys, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. As always, you guys can hit me up on Instagram at Kiki and with Coco or on my website, Kiki and with Coco podcast.com. I also have my I'm Black 258 t-shirt. So go ahead and cop that. And I actually got some black ones on the way, just waiting on them to finish getting printed. So be on the lookout for that. And if you guys have any questions, you know, hit me up. And as always, I appreciate you guys. Thanks and bye.